0: It all comes back to sacrifice. Early to bed, early to rise. Isn't it something?
1: Um, we don't do it over here, okay? Man, what was I gonna say? Hit the snooze button. Hundred <laughs> percent. I saw this thing on TikTok. <laughs> the Kid, me box. too. I'm your witness. I'm your witness. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I just have to I just get up and go look at it just because I'm like, what if? <laughs> it's like you saw it start when you hit play. <laughs> I start to do that now because I'm the same way
0: where, like I think I mentioned before, I'll like drive around the block and then be like, did I shut my overhead garage door? And I'll oh, have to yeah. like come back and be like, of course it's closed, you idiot.
1: Man, your brain plays tricks on you, hey. Like yeah. even like people like when they go to lock their car, they'll hit it like seventeen times, and it's like when it goes <laughs> off once, it means your car's locked. Yeah, and they just need to hear it like seven more times. Yeah, You're, like fuck.
0: I seen a guy yesterday who was walking to unlock his car, and he's like two feet away from his car, and he's like pointing it straight at it. I was like, hey man, just press the button. <laughs> yeah, man.
1: <It's>
0: so. Weird. <laughs> But that's what I do now if, if I'm, like, with, like, somebody getting out of my car and I lock it. I'll be like, okay, you witnessed, like, you heard oh, that yeah. beep, right? They're like, yes. I'm yeah, like, okay, it's need locked. confirmation. Go on.
1: Yeah. yeah, otherwise you think you're a madman yeah. losing your mind. I don't know if that's an OCD thing or what that is, but. Yeah, self-doubt, OCD. You're like, did I, though? Like, or am I, like, is this an illusion? <laughs> okay, I had a renter. I had a renter. She lived in
0: Edmonton. And she, she had lived in Warman for a while with her with a with a different place with like an ex-boyfriend. And she had that so bad that she <laughs> she drove to Lloyd on her way back to Edmonton. And ended up turning around because she didn't think she locked her door oh and didn't nobody else, didn't know anybody else around here. And she drove back and it was locked oh. and she just made her convoy to admitted. Really? That's what she told me. I didn't see that, but she told, I was like,
1: wow. are you fucking serious? Wow, that's commitment, That's man. insane. But it's like, shit, when you really, if you leave somewhere and you think your house is unlocked, like, you kind of have to go back. I would just, she didn't know anybody Call it she, she told me she drove back and I was like, <laughs> wow. that's crazy. Do huh. you know what
0: I've kind of found myself is I, I've, I've kind of realized you're usually right the first time. So if you do something and then you second guess it and you're like, "For sure, wow, it's 50, 50. I don't know what I did. I've found usually the first initial thing is, is the correct thing.
1: Yeah. They, they even said that like in high school when you're writing a test. Like if you're doing like a multiple choice or whatever and it's like A, B, C or D, whatever that first thing is that you tend to go towards, like that's usually the one. As soon as you start thinking too much and go back and forth and then like go with the mm. second or third choice, you always get it wrong. It's like that intuitive response. Yeah. I still got all the tests wrong, but... <laughs> yeah. it Man, it's a weird
0: thing. I noticed that the other day where it's almost like brain fog is a real thing or else giving yourself breaks. So... I was writing some things down. I was trying to answer this question that was written down earlier this week. And it, it just became really complicated and it was—it kind of hurt my head to think about it. And I was like, I don't even know. And then I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna do this one tomorrow morning. And then you, you, you take your mind off it, you sleep. I woke up, I read the question again, and I was just like, oh, and I quickly wrote it out. And I was like,
1: it's weird, right? It's funny, uh, we've been talking about this, I think since, uh, I think it was last Friday. So we're, we're doing the two-counter flow in, in class. Like at MMAC, uh, we're doing this ninja yes. drill. And, you know, it, for a lot of people, it's pretty challenging. It's a pretty, like, fast-paced drill. There's a lot. A lot of strikes. Yeah, a lot of strikes. There's, like, 33 strikes in it. Yeah. Um, and everybody's learning it. A lot of white belts, some yellow belts, they're learning it. And then class was over, and then we were talking afterwards. And this Tyler guy that trains at our gym, uh, white belt, really good guy. But he was like, um, he's, like he's like, I'm going to let that marinate And I'm like, oh, I'm using that word. So all week, I just like when people struggle with it, I'm like, that's okay. Just drill it out. Let it marinate overnight and then come back. I'm just stealing his word. But yeah, like it makes sense, eh? Like you let it like soak in. It's yeah. like you marinate a steak and you just let it like soak into yeah. the meat so it's more flavorful, but it's like same thing in your mind. You, if you keep doing the drill mm-hmm. when you have that brain fog and you keep kind of messing it up, yeah, it almost yeah. makes it worse.
0: Yes, for sure it does. You step right?
1: away from it and then come back and it's better. Yeah,
0: there's a, there's a name for that. It's, I, I keep thinking soliloquy, but it's not soliloquy. I think that's when somebody hears you talking, but you don't think they can hear you. Hmm. Um, but, the, but there's a term for that. Oh, interesting. Is, is that serendipity? no (laughs) No. when you when you go away from a thought and then you move on you don't think about it and then the answer
1: comes I don't think so okay okay because I'm just picturing the movie I think the movie was more like uh, like things happened like spontaneously but oh fuck I don't know man
0: (laughs) we should just call this podcast serendipity since we're such experts on that term and it keeps coming up
1: dude uh, this person on Instagram even messaged me the actual definition of it and we were right the first time. Like, we got it right. Okay, okay. But now I can't even think of how to describe what that word means. Interesting. I just know the movie. Yeah, that's Romantic.
0: Funny. Okay. If anybody wants anything super funny to watch, I was almost crying last night watching this stuff. I know I've showed you a couple. If you go to YouTube and type in JRE super clips, or sorry, super cuts, like Joe Rogan experience, JRE super cuts, some of the funniest videos ever. Basically, it takes like a three-hour conversation with Rogan and a guest, and and somebody goes in and they cut it. They cut it all up and re-edit it and make a video, and it sounds like Joe and his guest are like having. A completely different like maybe it's an inappropriate conversation or maybe it's like Joe getting really mad at
1: them and man they're so funny guy I've seen a few of those yeah where it's like sometimes it'll be like sexual ones with women like where it, it seems like Rogan's making these women feel really uncomfortable in the yeah. podcast and if you didn't listen to the podcast and you just saw that clip you'd be like this guy's an at like a piece of shit they do he such was-
0: a good job yeah they make Joe look like a crazy predator And and it's it's cut up so good, and the
1: way they're like looking at each other, it's like it's so believable. But they're so funny, man. It's cool that people take the time to do that, and probably just for free, some of them. They'll probably do it and send it to him. And if it like goes big, then maybe maybe that's how some of them will earn money eventually. It's like Rogan's like, man, could you do this with every podcast? Like that shit's hilarious. Like I'll just throw you a couple bills and. You know? uh,
0: pe- people have the time to, to do that kind of stuff now based on like CERB and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like that's what the people that aren't working and are getting paid are doing, just like making yeah. YouTube edit
1: videos. Right. And then eventually maybe they'll just start making bank, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like that cartoon guy that make does the same thing with the podcast, but he'll make cartoon images of the people on the podcast mm-hmm. with the real conversation that they had, but with the with the cartoons. Like I wonder if that guy makes money. He's got a decently big YouTube channel. Or else the guy after the UFC fights
0: who makes the little cartoons about the event. Oh, yeah. Like, some of those are pretty good.
1: Mohawk or... Yeah,
0: something like that.
1: Yeah, I forget what it is. Right. Yeah.
0: Anyways, how's um how's Layla doing? You had her in surgery this week, right? What was yeah. that about?
1: Yeah, so she's she's nine and a half years old, just about, coming on. And so she's getting a little bit old, and she's starting to show her age a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, she's a Kuvas cross-German shepherd, and I think Kuvas' life expectancy is 10 to 12. So she's knocking on 10, you know, next, next birthday. So yeah, again, just showing her age a little bit. Mm -hmm. She had a really big cyst and it's been there for, um, years. It's probably started four years ago. I thought it was a tick at one point. It was that small. It was like this little thing. Oh shit. And then I peeled the hair back and I'm like, oh, it's just like a little cyst. So, you know, I I, I Googled like what a cyst was and and kind of forget exactly what they are. But it just, the main thing was like, you don't really have to deal with them unless they start to bother the dog. Mm -hmm. And it never bothered her until like a month, month and a half ago, she started gnawing on it and like kind of licking it and it was just bugging her. But it turned big, far bigger than this, the mic, the end of this mic. That's insane. Like a good handful and like dark purple with Mm. like little like craters. Like it looked bad. Yeah so yeah i took her to the vet and then the guy was like yeah we're gonna remove it so they they cut it out yesterday they sedated her so she like you know got pretty pretty drowsy and knocked her out with that cut it out and then i got her back and man knowing layla and how like fierce she kind of is like she's always on guard she's always kind of like this alpha like she holds like some serious energy oh yeah you know she doesn't play games at all yeah Um, very rarely is she like a vulnerable dog in the morning. She shows vulnerability where you can pet her and cuddle with her. But after that, it's like, get out of my face. I got shit to do. I got animals. I got to bark at birds and like, you know, claw at things.
0: Animals are the cutest when they're tired. Hey, yeah. It's like, Oh, look at you. You you know, and then they wake up and just turn into assholes.
1: Right. And so, yeah, like yesterday, um, she was obviously really messed up on the drugs still you know, like kind of, she could hardly walk. She had to kind of like drag her like knuckles almost as she was walking. And so it was like pretty sad to see. And the the worst part, she, she fell in the van. I took my eyes off her for one second. So she was laying there like quite messed up and just, she didn't move. She didn't move since I picked her up and put her in the van. So I drove back to the gym and I, she, she, um, there was, like, a little bit of room where I could tug one of the blankets away because she was, like, uncontrollably uncontrollably peeing and, um, like, kind of leaking as well. So there's just, like, liquid under. Yeah. It was nasty. Yeah, yeah. So I take the blanket out. I literally just took it out to hang it on the chair outside and then come back in. I take it out. I put it on the chair. I hear, like, <clears throat> like a, a crashing sound. And then her dog dish flip in the air. Oh, I run around the corner. She's, like, her neck's, like, twisted on the wall, like, on her side, Jeez. like, yelping and whining. And I'm, like oh my heart just sank man and i quickly got up and picked her up and just like petted her and just made her sit there for like three hours um but then she had to go outside again so then i i brought her outside and i'm sitting there reading and she's like kind of right next to me and i see her like get up okay she got up like fine and then she took two steps i'm like okay she's moving really slow seems to be okay takes another step her foot like kind of buckles in and she just goes head over heel and like kind of eats dirt and like you could tell her face was very, like, angry and upset at why this was happening. Oh, yeah. She was almost, like, not even, like, embarrassed, but more just, like, fuck, like, why can't Mm. I, I want to be myself, you know? And it was, like, a very vulnerable, like, sad thing. Interesting. After that, I didn't really let her walk at all. I just let her piss on the the bed if she had to. Really? Yeah, it was pretty kind of gross, but (laughs) that's what it is. So today, she's doing much better yeah
0: okay so she's kind of getting back to like normal movement she's getting up and going
1: yeah her balance is better now she's just on like pain meds but it was this that that sedative that they gave her that made her really like lose her balance and like yeah Yeah, it was kind of funny like last night she's looking at Aaron and I and we're sitting on the bed and she kind of had like that you know it's like when you're really drunk and you're outside the bar and you're like waiting for a cab and you're just the one friend that's like kind of in the conversation but like kind of like trying to hold their balance they're like looking at you but looking through you yeah. That's what she was doing. Yeah. She was like kind of looking at us, but you're like, man, you look hammered right now. Yeah, yeah. She's like trying to like, yeah, like hold her feet under her. But Jeez. yeah, she's doing better.
0: Well, hopefully she's good. What did she have a f- couple of years ago? Was that hip dysplasia? She had hip issues. She was limiting. Yeah, it
1: wasn't hip dysplasia thankfully, but it was just some some kind of bad hip thing. Um, and it seemed to have it didn't go away, but it's very manageable now. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, her she's got a bad left hip, that big cyst. Other than that, man, she's been. Awesome. A lot of dogs cost a lot of money by now. She's been very inexpensive. Three vet visits. Yeah. To get spayed, which is just common. The hip. And now the cyst. Hmm. That's it. Oh, yeah. And she killed a porcupine. So, yeah. yeah. Ex-girlfriend had to take her for that one. So, four times Hmm. in nine and a half years. That's
0: good. Yeah. Yeah. Dogs age like fruit, eh? It's like yeah that that's a short lifespan man like a 10 to 13 year window for a lot of dogs
1: yeah it's always sad when you outlive your pets you know you like raise these things like from she could fit in the palm of my hands to now i gotta like pick her up in the van just like you know really pick her up and yeah, yeah, i'm just gonna outlive her so you get to see all these animals that you grow to love die
0: i i bought a dog off instinct um you know I don't know. Eight years ago, I had a friend who who bought a dog, and we lived together. And I kind of got excited and didn't give it a lot of thought. And I ended up buying a dog too. And I bought it off of a lady who lived on 20th Street in Saskatoon. I found an ad. Um, didn't get any papers. Just took her word that they had all their shots. Basically, gave her cash. Picked up the. It was an American Pit Bull Terrier. Picked her up and or picked him up rather, and brought him brought him home and whatever. Got got stuff for him and first day was good second day he wasn't really eating you know third day he wasn't eating he was shitting he was having diarrhea he was just losing all of his liquids and hydration but he wouldn't eat or even sip water and i ended up having to take him to the vet it was really sad to see this little dog deteriorate Mm. and it turns out he had parvo and um you know i was i was put in a tough spot. And I ended up having to put the dog down, long story short, after having it for four days and irresponsibly buying it in the first place from the wrong source. And it was just a, it was a really crappy few weeks because my friend who had just bought his dog, you know, he paid a lot of money and it came from like Indiana and um, Hmm. Parvo is extremely um, contagious. So we had to like His dog went and lived with his mom for a few weeks. I like bleached the whole house. Mm, I didn't know
1: Parvo was contagious, interesting. (laughs) Apparently.
0: So I I went and I was going to try to get my money back from this lady, but she was like, you know, I have no money to feed my kids and like uh, this and that. She gave me the whole rundown. And I was like, okay, well, you at least need to know that you have whatever, seven other dogs here. They probably have Parvo if mine does. So you can't sell these. And I was just trying to like stop this virus and tell her like you have to do something like you you can't sell these dogs you can't say they're fine this and that and then I whatever I we lost touch she stopped returning my stuff I think I even showed up at her house uh, once or once or something like that and um crazy and uh yeah that was a shitty shitty situation and oh shit but you know it's it's kind of it's like well you got to do things right or don't do them
1: yeah yeah lesson learned I guess and it's yeah I guess it's like better than if you had the dog for like five years and had to cut its life short you know four days it's still tough cute little puppy you want to raise and then that happens yeah. but
0: and it's in retrospect
1: it's amazing how different my
0: life would be now if if i had that dog right like oh, yeah the responsibility it change your life yeah. it'll it'll change your life. You know, yeah, like
1: hundred percent,
0: you have to be home so much more. You know, there's more of an investment. There's just, it takes you in different, different directions, man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Traveling is a whole new thing. You got to think, am i going to take the dog. I'm going to put it in like, you know, this, whatever kennel or with somebody yeah. else.
0: And I wonder how different I would have been. Cause you know me, I'm pretty, pretty damn OCD, yeah. you know, and like clean and particular. And I wonder if it would have molded me into a different person over the last eight years. You probably would have had long hair and a beard sitting
1: next to me. (laughs) Yeah. A little dirtier. Yeah. A little
0: scruffier. You know, it's like you, you almost just have to adapt and be like, look, I'm just, I need to accept this. Like I'm going to find hair on me in my house. If I
1: was super OCD and clean, you think I'd let Layla piss and bleed all over the fucking bed and then just sleep on there? Like nothing happened. (laughs)
0: That's savage, man. That's next level.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and even in my vehicle, you know, I have these, like, clean cars. If there's, like, a speck of dirt somewhere, I, like, polish it off Put real Put the quick. dog down. Yeah.
1: Dog scratches the car. You're like, come here for a sec. Like, I
0: probably would have started... I probably would have bought different types of vehicles if I would have had yeah. a, a dog. Like, I bet you, like... Yeah. I'd probably look and be doing some different shit, in a sense. <laughs> a you know. lot would change, it's man. It's wild. Imagine having
1: a kid. Oh, fuck. I don't want to right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I, I made a, a post on... Instagram, kind of like asking people what the most challenging thing was with whatever it is that they're good at. So whatever the thing is that you're best at, like what's the most challenging thing? Like, is it maybe something that everyone would assume or is it maybe something nobody would really know unless they're in that field of practice? And just one of the things that kind of sparked this idea that we're going to get into is like, there was a few people and it's whatever, I think a lot of people can relate to this, but they were like, I don't really know what I'm good at. You know, I, like I, I'd have to figure out what I'm good at first, you know, and it just kind of like sparked the idea of like, you know, that that seems to be like a, a really big part of my life. I'm not saying it's for everybody, but it seems like that would be a pretty strong purpose if you're going to live this life to find something that you have a bit of passion for or enjoy and just try to excel at it. Not in comparison to anybody else, but for yourself, like if you like painting part time, You know, and that's all you, all the time you have outside of like work and taking care of a family. Mm -hmm. It's like, get as good as you can at that. And then there's like at least one thing that when you're on your deathbed, you're like, yeah, I got really good at painting. Mm -hmm. Like that was kind of fun to like really push my potential in that area. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I I just felt like they would almost be sad to be on your deathbed and be like, I didn't get good at anything. There wasn't one like artful thing or like a skill set or just something that I really tried to... Blossom and like reach my potential and whatever that thing was. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, eh? Like,
0: it it is interesting, and it there, there's a couple different ways of, of 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 approaching that too. You know, it's like I've chosen the way of I want to be good at a handful of things, and then there's some people that are like, no, I just want to be exceptional right. at one thing. Yeah, and 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 you know, it's like that's like an Olympic wrestler, for example. It's like they're not you know making good money with a side career you know they're not like a really good painter they like they don't have other things it's like no oh, no this is wrestling right but i'm going to be in the elite of the elite class in, in in the world at this right whereas the person who you know has a good career but can paint but also does athletics this and that they're good and they're and you can be just as fulfilled and you can be happy but you're not Great, or you haven't like mastered something, right. you know?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. And there's a little bit of insanity that might maybe can even come with some people that are great at something. Yeah. Like we always hear about like, you know, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali. They, and those are the extremes, of course. But like, if you take it to that extreme, There always seems to be some kind of personality trait that's detached from something else. Like maybe their family life is a little bit rough. Like Tiger Woods was just sleeping with everybody. Like his dad was militant. Yeah, I remember reading about that. Yeah, Yeah. stillness is the key, right? Perhaps. I think, yeah. Um, So yeah, it's like they, they excelled and they had such tunnel vision that they almost forgot about like other people and other things in general yeah. it was like nothing literally nothing else matters than this
0: yeah you have to be like obsessed you know right. like
1: yeah where yeah like more of the the more broad spectrum where you get good at other things and you you can still really push yourself in those things you just might not be the greatest at it mm-hmm. but that for some might be better balanced you know do
0: you know what it is too i think the people that are good at a handful of things but not great at anything they almost admire the person that's great at the one thing. Yeah. But then the person that's great at the one thing probably is like, you know, I, I, I admire and envy that life that's a little more simple, you know, I could be more happy maybe. It's like
1: hundred percent.
0: It's almost like rappers want to be basketball players and yeah. basketball players want to be rappers.
1: Right. It, it's, uh, They always say, or not they always, some people say like if you're like a a millionaire CEO or like you run a bunch of companies, sometimes they're envious of the nine to fiver because they're like, oh, remember the days where you were only working from nine to five? Yeah. Like you're running those big companies, you got a million dollars, but you're constantly on your phone, you have much more responsibility, you have employees on your shoulders, all this weight on your shoulders, like it's a pretty, it can be a pretty high stress life. So the nine to fivers are jealous of the CEO millionaire and the CEO millionaire is kind of envious of the nine to fiver. And so like we all just have these weird things in our head where we, we kind of like what we're doing, but we look over and be like, you know, I'd like a little taste of that. <laughs>
0: the grass is always greener. Yeah. Hey? It's almost like if you could picture it, like the guy who's like 60 and he's lived single, you know, he's had all these mistresses, he's traveled, went to rock concerts, he's lived this independent, free life. He's the free man. But, you know, maybe at the end of the day, he's like, you know... What if I had a kid? You know, what what if I crawled into bed with the woman I was in love with? What if I had a grandkid? You know, right. like I'm a little lonely. Right. And then there's that, you know, 60 year old person that maybe has a family who's like wife just like, you know, abuses him emotionally all day right. and he looks in the mirror at night and he's like, what if I just went on those rock tours and I was single yeah, and I didn't have, and I was my, I could be myself, you know, yeah. and it's, like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of crazy, hey, weird creatures, man, humans are weird because it doesn't mean you're not happy in your, in your <clears> position <throat> and you can still be fulfilled, but you almost, you almost can't play with those thoughts too much. Especially when you're super deep in them, like you're 60 and you're like, what are you going to just gonna abandon your family <laughs> Yeah, you like go buy a Harley and have like a, uh, a late life crisis? Oh my
0: God. Yeah. That's not even a midlife. No. Hey? That's like a 41. That's yeah. like a late life crisis. <laughs> Do you know what it is? Life is choices. Yeah. You make bold choices throughout your life and it takes you in a certain direction
1: and that, that's what your life becomes. Yeah. It was kind of cool when Jordan Peterson talked about that. How it was like, he just said there was something beautiful to like fully committing to someone and like I, I don't know it's funny you hear that all the time but when he said it it just kind of resonated with me um, but yeah it's, it is it really is a choice and if you if you don't make the choice to like commit to something you're very easily pulled away from it mm-hmm. you know so you kind of have to make that like full throttle choice and it helps keep you in there.
0: There is like freedom to that like let's say you choose a relationship you're like I want to be in a serious committed relationship I want to have a family there's some freedom to that choice it's like I don't have to do this but like this is what I want and I'm Doing it boldly, yeah, and I'm committed. I'm I'm legitimately committed to this. Like, yeah. there is some like freedom to, to that choice, you know? Yeah,
1: because you're you're not always like lusting over everything you see because you know you made the choice to commit. Whereas if you're kind of like tiptoeing in there and out there, you're kind of like, yeah, I'm in this relationship, but like, I don't know if I see us having kids or getting married. Then the other attractive things are gonna pull you into those things a little bit more. Whereas if you're committed to this thing, this thing, this person then you're probably going to be like, yeah, I'm not interested. Like, yeah, sure. It might be good, but like, I'm over here.
0: Yeah. It seems like there could be more like fulfillment or like satisfaction out of that in the long run than like the, the one
1: foot in one foot out uh, way of life, you know? Yeah. It's, it's probably, there's probably like beauty in both. And I just think you have to know yourself. You (laughs) got to know what, what it is that you're wanting here, you know?
0: Do you know, it's another thing I was thinking about back to what you were saying about you know, the the one percenters, the people that are great, the people that are exceptional, but they're just obsessed solely on this one thing. It's it's a great motivator when you're getting into something to have that I'm going to show you mentality and to have that, you know, fuck everybody like mentality to, to give you drive, to give you motivation. I'm going to show them to get you going. But that type of mindset, there's no like longevity in it. You, you know, it's... Th- it's detrimental it's almost like positive always wins over evil you know the person that's doing it with the right intent you know right. um or doing it for their family doing it for something right. bigger than them. i see what you're saying yeah yeah it, it that is a that is a mo- that has a lot more longevity than continuing your whole career or your whole life as like i'm gonna show them like right. fuck them yeah even so, though that could be a great motivator you yeah. know yeah
1: yeah. It's like a vengeful, uh, is that the word vengeful thing? Yeah, I think so. You know, it's like yeah. you have this vengeance in you or yeah. it's like, it's not even for the love of the game. Yeah. You know, or it's like you hear like, that's kind of, I think it's like, I think like that's a song or a quote or something like <laughs> for the love of the game. It's like a lot mm-hmm. of golfers, like they just love to golf. They yeah. love to putt, they love being outside. And it's like, you get so obsessed with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's Tiger Woods, I guess he was almost forced into that lifestyle and he became the best. Yeah. But I mean, uh, other parts of his life fell apart. Yeah. It was like, a toxic from the inside
0: and it seems like most people in initiate with that type of mentality you know yeah and and that's like a great ignition to to greatness like a lot of boxers they come up from like a really tough childhood maybe you know i'm not i don't want to make a massive generalization but a lot of the great boxers came up from poverty yeah and came up from the trenches with the broken homes and a lot of athletes in general yeah you know and 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 that you know kind of made them who they are but then it's almost like the, the, the most successful and and you know happy and significant ones they almost like let those shells break off as they're blossoming into their you know career and they they, they do it for a better cause you right. know yeah uh, it's like you eventually have to let go if you want to like be happy yeah and, well, that's
1: what i was going to say they, they might they might be at the same skill level but they won't be as fulfilled as the person that actually enjoys the game
0: that's a good way to put it
1: you know it's like you you could be probably like one of the best in the world like again like a tiger woods like i I think he's even talked about it not even being that fun of a sport anymore it was more like i'm going to destroy you on the field yeah it was like fuck all these other people i'm playing against i'm going to show the world that i'm the best a competitive mindset right which yeah it gets you far and it's good to be competitive but yeah i feel like it it can take the joy and the fun out of whatever it is you're doing Mm -hmm. speaking of joy and fun I'm getting really good at something. Uh, Harry Mack. Dude, that guy, if you haven't seen this guy, he's a freestyle rapper. And, like, I'm not that into rapping. Like, I'm not, like, like, especially me myself. But, like, I don't really listen to lyrics that much. I like the sound of rap, and I Mm -hmm. listen to it all the time. But it's more for, like, the beat. I don't know if it's just because I drummed. Like, I could hear it differently. Mm -hmm. But Harry Mack. If you haven't seen him, just type in his name on YouTube. He is... He makes me happy every time I watch his video and talk about somebody that's like a one percenter. I feel like he's one of those guys. I've never seen somebody genuinely freestyle rap. Cause sometimes you see like all oh, YouTube battle with freestyle rappers and you can tell it's scripted. Yeah. It Most ra- of the time, if you're on a radio show and you're freestyle rapping, it's, it's scripted. It's not a freestyle. Yeah. Harry Mack is a freestyle and you know it because he's walking through a random crowd with a little speaker in his hand He walks up to strangers and you can tell it's like authentic as shit. And he's like, give me three words. And you know, there'll be like a group of three people and one person will say their word and blah, blah, blah. And they, they give them three words. Some of them are very challenging words. Like they don't go easy on them. And every time this guy does not disappoint. (laughs) It's like he has like a computer, a filing cabinet of words that match other words. And I just, I picture how his brain works. Mm. And it's something that I admire because I know I'm horrible at it. Yeah. Like I'm not a good rhymer. I couldn't rap. On the spot, under pressure. On the pressure spot eventually, yeah. especially. But it's like he just will hear the word and there's a, a little section in his brain that stores it there with like... 30 other words that rhyme with it. And then he takes the other word and it's like, he has three Mm -hmm. sections in his brain that he's like categorizing everything and he flows. It sounds amazing. The most impressive part is while he's rapping about the words that they gave him, And this is when you know it's natural. He will will just be, he's very observant while he's rapping. So while he's flowing, he's watching you. He'll see that you have like a Rolex on or he'll see like a little tag hanging off your hat. He'll see like your shoelaces untied and he will put all of that into the freestyle. And that's the most happy and exciting part for me because you see the real expressions of these people. As soon as they clue in that this guy's really on the spot freestyling, they're like, oh shit, like this guy (laughs) just like said something about my belt. And then you can see them kind of be like, oh, they get excited. Wow. It's really cool. I've I've never watched one of his videos and didn't (laughs) smile or feel good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You showed me one where he walked through a crowd for like 20 minutes and like I I, I couldn't stop watching it. I was like, this guy's insane. So
1: fun. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a very unassuming guy. Like he doesn't look like your typical rapper. Like he's just kind of like, he almost looks like little Dickie yeah it's like like, a white jewish looking fellow. like he's kind of got like scruffy hair what i kind of forget his his hair features but uh yeah he's phenomenal
0: it's funny how in like the the hip-hop game now it's you don't have to you don't have to you know come up from the slums and be kind of like a gangster yeah it's like you don't have to have any background and yeah i mean there's a lot of different genres of rap obviously and
1: but and yeah and that's what i was gonna say like i don't think i would i would choose his style of music over like some of the more modern stuff with better bass like if i'm driving around in my car i'd probably put like like whatever on just something something a little bit more typical rap like i like good bass but as far as entertainment goes and just being blown away by like a a lyricist like when you hear him speak you're like those are the best raps i've ever heard in my life and the freestyles
0: Yeah. yeah freestyle that kind of stuff is completely different than like song making yeah like, i remember i used I used to love like freestyle battles like before youtube i don't know if we would like download on limewire or something uh, these, Lime these different like videos but there was this like smack dvd and there's this guy named jin the mc
1: hmm. he
0: was this um I th- he was an asian guy but he was like a little um i don't know exactly if he was uh vit- i think he might have been vietnamese but he he was this little guy and he would Destroy everybody, and he'd go to like these like hard places, kind of like Eight Mile style, right. where there's Compton you know, like Bronx. The, and, yeah, like he yeah. he doesn't fit in ethnically whatsoever. But they would you know they would put on like a thirty a thirty second instrumental, and it'd be one rapper against the next, and Jin the MC would destroy everyone and have the whole crowd like, oh yeah. shit, it's and cool. then he and then so he he kind of made a name for himself, and then he tried to like put out an album, or he tried mm. to like make some some
1: songs and everything flopped and like you never really heard from him again it almost like ruins their reputation in a way it's like if that's the last thing they hear they're like oh this guy sucks but it's like no but remember my shit on youtube it was fire
0: it was a different thing because it became inauthentic like he was good at tearing people apart he wasn't good at making like club music that you can Uh like vibe to you know so interesting
1: one of the best videos and we can get off this topic but one of the best videos for harry Mack, if you are going to youtube him he does it in front of there's two actually one of them is with like a it's like a fitness group like they all have like sponsored shirts on like they're at venice beach probably like i don't know working out or maybe promoting a supplement or something that group but then (laughs) one of the better ones is uh, with a a wedding group like the bridesmaids are all there and the bride Mm -hmm it is they, they're all like in a row and the bride is the next to him and she's pr- probably hammered but she's feeling it like she's dancing but he he says something about everyone in the party and he makes it very like individual and, and every time he does it they're like they're looking at each other being like how is this guy on the spot just calling shit about our dresses wow. like you bet like, you in the pink dress and then you'll like say something about the necklace to the girl next to him and phenomenal crazy yeah, eh? it's very fun
0: oh man it's you, it almost leaves you speechless like you just don't really understand
1: how somebody can be putting it together like Yeah, yeah. He's left a lot of people speechless on that Omegle like that that new video app where yeah people it's it's like a it's kind of a cool app it can be creepy though (laughs) i'll tell you a story after this but yeah it's it's like an app where let's say brian and i are sitting here and the camera's on us and we're live and somebody else can jump on the other end of the live and we can like talk back and forth some people like play guitar he'll do the freestyle rap so he like give me three words and he just starts going and yeah some people just get out of their chair with their hands up being like "I (laughs) i can't anymore it almost like makes you like you literally can't it's like you can't keep rapping at me like this i'm gonna blow up that's the best reaction to like a crazy rap people will like put their shirt over their head put their shirt over
0: their head and just like walk away they're like i'm out of here
1: i can't i can't dude you know who did that to me one time oh jeez. hadlin the hypnotist okay at mmac yeah he was filming before one of my fights and i remember when we were done we were like by the lobby area and he did a magic trip trick to me and when he finished, I remember just being like, my eyes were like wide open. I'm like, I just fucking couldn't believe it. I, I, yeah. I forget if I feel like, yeah, I probably like walked away a little bit and I had to come back and be like, am I in reality right now? Is this real? Dude, that's the like David Blaine street magic or Chris Angel. He'd like go to the street, like David Blaine. He'd like go
0: to like the hood, you know, and like whatever. So central. And do like a card trick and the people are just like, nah, uh, yeah. And just
1: like walk away. Yeah. like, "Nope, Yeah. Cause it breaks their reality. Like it almost like destroys your reality. What what you thought was real. It's like they defy it. And then you're like, you have to like touch yourself and be like, am I dreaming? It's real. Oh dude, that is
0: unbelievable. Ugh. You know, that's another thing you, you mentioned earlier. A lot of people maybe don't know what they're good at. I think like a lot of people too, our age, even older than us, if you were to ask them what their hobby was, I don't know if a lot of people would even know.
1: Right, yeah, yeah man. It's a, like what else is the option if you don't have a hobby or something that you're pursuing? Like it it seems to put you in a life of mediocrity. You know, it's it's a very mediocre life. You're never striving to push what your human potential can be and it's not like you need to be a Michael Jordan or a Tiger Woods, but like for your own (coughs) self. Leave comparing anybody else to it. If you started painting once a week, try to get good at painting once a week. So each drawing improves just a little bit off the next one.
0: It becomes satisfying, you know. It's there's been some people, you know, who maybe maybe don't understand me or think like you're too rigid. You know, you need to give yourself a break. You need to enjoy the pleasures a little more. Don't be so strict. Don't be so disciplined on yourself. But my perspective is like. Life should be about trying to find your potential, like you against you. You're not competing with anybody, but like, why wouldn't you want to feel like your optimal self? You know, body, like as corny as it sounds, body, like mind and soul. Like, why wouldn't you want to like make time to study and like learn as much as you can? You know, work on your body so this meat vessel that, you know, allows you to feel good and to move better and to think clearer. Why wouldn't you want to be like in touch with like, consciousness and have like peace of mind you know and be like mindful and have like a quiet mind and and really be able to you know enjoy life and and contemplate things like why would we not want to strive to find our potential yeah you know and I, I just I've never wanted to just settle and have regrets and again you don't you don't have to think you're better than anybody you don't have to be competing with anybody right but it seems like that to me would be the, the best way to live life yeah. you know at least attempt to try to try to find your potential
1: do you know what scares me is is living a life like if you can picture like a, a graph like in a hospital like where the you know your heart rate's going like I don't want a flatlined life and I forget where I just recently read this but he, he kind of talked about that like the point of life is to feel as much as you can both the good and the bad but I feel like if you don't pursue those things or try to reach your potential, there is no huge highs and there's also not very many lows. So you sit in that flatline phase where it's like, you you go to work, it's kind of mundane. You go home, you watch your typical show, you get a little spike of adrenaline when you watch your TV show Mm -hmm. and then, you know, maybe a couple shitty things happen at work. So you get a little bit of a dip and a rise. But when you're really pushing the boundaries and you're pursuing something as, as best as you can, you get that excitement of like, oh, like I, I had a breakthrough there. Like that was the best painting I ever did or that was the best dance routine or whatever. But then you also get the failures because you're gonna be exactly. pursuing trying exactly. to get like a black belt or trying to do this or that. And when you fail, you really feel it. But that seems to be like a huge part of life is feeling. I would rather deal with
0: failure in attempting something then never having to worry about failure but having that what if yeah what if I tried for more what if I tried something yeah what if I got out of my comfort zone you know
1: yeah yeah it makes life exciting you know it really does and it doesn't mean you're gonna find it right away but that's what trial and error is for yeah. you kind of keep trying something until something makes you feel good inside and then you're like okay I'm gonna try to get really good at this even if it's one thing yeah. as a hobby you know just outside of work You know what, I think, I thought about this the other day, I even
0: wrote it down, that hospital experience I had back in the day, to sum it up, what I think it did for me was allow me to, you know, find more gratitude in life, and just make me more opportunistic, of like, nothing is promised, again, as corny as it sounds, like, there's one life here, like, there's there's one chance here, what am I going to do, you know, like, what, like, what, what do I want to learn? What do I want to be remembered for? Who do I want to impact? Who do I want to help? You know? And like, who do I want to be? And, yeah. um, it, it just comes, comes down to that. You know, it's like, you have to be willing to fail if, if
1: right. you want to like try to find your, your, your best self. You know? Yeah. And that's, that's the whole journey. Like the the ups and the downs, like Gary V always talks about, he likes to fail. You know, it's like, sometimes he likes to eat shit. Like if something goes wrong, then maybe that's part of it. It's like, you get to really feel, and you're like then you go back to strategizing why did that fail? how can I get around this problem instead of just giving up right away it kind of gives you that exciting thrill of like oh fuck that that's stung That's like, what life's about right yeah it, it should exactly. be yeah yeah
0: and do you know what I think it is Resistance um, there's a lot we all feel resistance it, it, it is hard for us to sit down all, all distractions aside and really like think about what do I want to be doing? Mm -hmm. what am I good at? How can I utilize my strengths? Um, you know, who who do I want to be around? How do I want to feel? And, and really sit there and like maybe take an hour and like, think about your life, right? No distractions. Think about your future. Think about what, what's going to like fulfill you the most. And that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. It might not take long, but it's a hard thing to do.
1: Yeah. And it at least can possibly give you like a rough blueprint, of how to live your life after that. If you have somewhat of an idea of where you're going and what you're trying to build, you can now kind of stage like a blueprint to get there. It's like you don't just show up to like frame a house without a blueprint. You kind of need, what What are you, what are you gonna do? You can't yeah. just like put start putting lumber down and hammering it.
0: It's like I'm showing up to frame this house for the next two years so I can learn everything there is about framing and then I'm gonna start my own company. And when I start this company, I'm gonna you know have other people doing the labor so I can do less physical work and have time to do this other like Right. side passion that i have or, or whatever it is right yeah man resistance Resi- resistance is resistance is let's say you have homework to do you, you know you 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 have your you've been meaning to clean your garage and it's that feeling of just trying to avoid it at all costs you know it's this this block in us it's like no i just got to check my phone a little more you know i'm just gonna go yeah. through my clothes in my closet a little more yeah. we just doing the thing is hard it, there's resistance and. Uh, in 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 the War of Art um, by Stephen Pressfield, he really talks about like resistance and how all of us struggle with this. Let's say you're writing a book, to go sit down and put pen to paper and be in the in the mode. It's a hard thing to do. Yeah. And I believe he refers to it as the muse. Yeah. Which is this? Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's kind of this sweet spot of when you're kind of in the zone, when all this magic starts to happen. Yeah. And like you're chasing the muse, you're chasing this. This thing that resistance is in the way of, but it's kind of when you're in that zone and you're like, oh, ideas are flowing. I'm creating. Right. I'm in the
1: moment. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And he talks about a lot of people. Um are waiting for the muse to come to them Ah. and that's so they start justifying not sitting down to write the book because they're like I don't feel inspired yeah he's like no it's like you need to be more disciplined than inspired just sit down and do the work and just focus even if it's you're writing dog shit and the muse will come to you more often it's like a numbers game the less you sit there and write the less that muse is going to find you Yeah, Yeah, That's why I just like having a practice every day at 7 p.m. I'm going to sit here and paint. And then, you know, some days you're going to be on, other days you're not. But the the practice there will probably give you better luck in finding that muse and that flow state and actually drawing or writing good stuff.
0: See, that's what I like is bringing that discipline into a creative space. A lot of artists are more of that mindset of like lackadaisical, let it come to me where if you're somebody who can be a hybrid and bring in that like business discipline mm-hmm. um, and bring in that work ethic into an art, you can be extremely productive, but you have to have that discipline along yeah. with that free artistic side of yourself. Right. You know, if you want to like really create and really like put out some yeah. serious work.
1: Yeah. What there's always like a famous, there's like a quote for it. I know, but I, I won't say it cause I don't know it, but it's like something to do with the more, Discipline, you are the more work you do the the luckier you get like luck won't find you unless you're actually there doing more of the work Mm -hmm. and then you know the the luck or whatever is going to be thrown your way more because you're actually sitting there ready yeah if you're not like actually ready to get these inspiring ideas you're not going to be so lucky in air quotes so it's like the harder you work the luckier you get
0: yeah yeah you know what's a good example of this is is brennan schaub um love him or hate him you know he 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 says some stupid shit but i mean hey so, so do i um, you know, obviously a UFC heavyweight fighter who became like a stand-up comedian, podcast guy, whatever. He brought that professional athlete work ethic into a creative space like stand-up comedy and, and podcasting, and he just started finding exceptional amounts of success. And a lot of the other artists would kind of hate on him as, oh, you know, mm-hmm. he's coming over into our space and he's getting all this success with kind of that, you know, that famine mindset of like right. he's taking from us, but. It's because he brought in that pro athlete work ethic into an artistic space, you know. Yeah. And if you have both, I think you're off to the races. Yeah, it's a
1: good recipe. Yeah, um, I don't know if I want to bring this last thing up and darken the mood, but you want to get into this, or you got anything else you want to go over? Let me just add
0: one thing because we're on the book. we were on the book book thing. Yeah. Um, what I've been trying to do a, a little more is is um, you know try try to find understanding when it, when I'm reading books and not just. Mm. Read to finish books and move on to the next and fill up the bookshelf And I know this year you have your goal of rereading a handful of books. Yeah, Um, you know over the last couple years. I've My process of of a book is I'll read it and I'll highlight points as I'm reading it And then once I'm done the book, I'll go through and read all the highlighted points to kind of set in the, the things that stood out to me but but even that, you know, it's you could finish a book and someone asks you about it a month later and maybe you can only remember a couple concepts from the book, you know, and which is fine. Sometimes even if you can take one thing from a book, that's great. You yeah. know, it was worth your while. But what I'm trying to do right now on this particular book is, you know, basically answering a bunch of questions to the best of my ability after reading the book on each chapter. And then go through, read it again, and revise your answers, and and like write it all out. Mm. And um, you know this author in here talks about that of, you know, it's almost like if you if you do kickboxing and you hit all the drills very well and you feel like you know it, but then you go to try to coach it and you can't really explain it properly, there might be a little bit of lack of understanding there, right? You know, and if you can read a book and you feel that these points hit but then if somebody asks you about it and you can't really like explain the concept, it's like, maybe you don't quite understand it fully. Yeah. So I won't do this with every book, but for this particular book, I want to like really understand it where I can like explain the things that I feel like I did learn from it, you know? And I I think we just need to ask ourselves that question sometimes too. It's like, what's the point of reading a book? Is it to, is it to just say that you've read this book or is it to like, try to understand and like learn something on a deep level, right? Better your life from it. Yeah. Better yourself from it. You yeah. know? So yeah. that's something that I've been playing with and I know you have too. And yeah,
1: yeah, I was, I was really guilty of that before before the goal. And that's why I cr- created this goal for myself. I would, it was a numbers game for me. It was fun. I still liked reading and I, I was getting a lot from the books that I was reading, but a huge part of it was like, I just loved plowing through books and putting another one on the bookshelf yeah. it was like this addictive thing and it
0: is kind of satisfying it is you know? like
1: I, I love that I have like a stack of awesome books that I've that I've read but um you know it's funny like I like the last one that I read on the warrior's path by Daniele Bolelli the first time I read it I could care less about that book I did not highlight one thing I didn't get any takeaways from it I genuinely just was like meh put yeah. it in the bookshelf seven years later i'm reading it again it's blowing it fucking i've mentioned it in the last like six podcasts that we did at least one little thing i highlighted the shit out of it
0: it's crazy right yeah
1: it's same damn book i'm just seven years older than i was when i originally read it
0: i heard that about think and grow rich there some people are like on the 10th time like i first read it when i was 25 and on the 10th time i read that book when i was 40 everything changed yeah it hit different and right. like like what really like-
1: well think about like you know drilling the two counter flow drill or a name combo for like a month and then not touching it for a long time like you think you're still going to understand and remember that drill but it's like you do it over and over again it's going to be like embedded in you yeah it's like you probably won't forget that drill so yeah. it's like you have to like kind of revisit it's like all of our combos in the bmt system you, you kind of have to revisit them or they will they will become distant in your memory yeah for sure you know Wow. Yeah,
0: there's there's such a flow to that like that long combo you know it's like there's such it's, it's all about like feeling it and not thinking yeah that's yeah. It's crazy i love it um
1: you got anything else
0: um let's let's hear what you were gonna say let's end it on a super dark dark
1: in the fucking mood <laughs> yeah, let's um, get depressed here all right so this is this is something that i heard recently i thought was really uh intriguing sparked my interest by jordan peterson he said that he's been kind of teaching this or telling this to his classes for the past like 30 years just randomly not every day obviously just keep planting that seed but he talked about you know nazi germany and he said that i think he got people to put their hand up he's like how many of you think you would have saved anne frank or how many of you would have think you would have been on the good side of that war and help people and and have created a refuge for people to come to and i think he said everybody put their hands up And then he kind of was like, you're all sadly mistaken. (laughs) He's like, in fact, most of you would be the ones calling the Nazis on Anne Frank. And you would see them put a bullet in her head. You would be responsible for deaths. Most of you. And so like, and then again, everybody's all about science and statistics. And he said, statistically speaking in that country. Mm -hmm. So again, if you want to go by stats, you and I and everyone listening to this podcast, there's a massive portion of us that would be on the murdering side. We would be snitching on people. We would be getting them to get burned, to get them taken from their family. We'd be on that end of history. And you don't wanna think it. You know, you always think like, oh, that was back then, that's them. But it's not them, it's human nature. And a lot of people will protect themselves or their family and have other people killed for it. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't wanna be a part of this. I'm just gonna do what the herd does. I'm I'm gonna call, hitler i'm gonna call the nazis and get my neighbor taken out of here you know what it's it it, you probably can't even
0: comprehend it until you're in that situation you're like of course i do the right thing right i could never do the wrong thing in that situation
1: well and that's what i bet everyone listening probably thought like oh i i would i would i wouldn't do that yeah i think you would stats say otherwise yeah And the other cool thing was, not cool, but interesting thing was he said at the time, Germany was one of the most sophisticated and educated countries in the world. And then Jordan Peterson said, there's no substitute for good character. Mm -hmm. Education and all the books and all the intelligence does not substitute good people. Mm -hmm. It is, there's no substitute for it. And that was powerful to me. Mm -hmm. Like to hear like this sophisticated, educated place turn into these like murderers and just trying to like wipe out like civilizations and like murder people they're educated smart people and so you know even times like this like sometimes we put so much value and emphasis on educated people but that doesn't mean they're good people it doesn't mean they're going to do the right thing like you you mentioned before and we kind of briefly talked about this the toilet paper thing I bet there was a lot of educated people that had a bunch of toilet paper in their house. I'm not saying that you're Nazis, but I'm just saying like, we, we sometimes like don't think about that stuff where other people, yeah, they could have zero education and be like, I'm not, I don't need that much toilet paper. Like, yeah. What's all that crazy about? Yeah. Like just take it, take what you need and let's, let's do this the right way.
0: When people are in fear, they make interesting decisions. Like again, when we were talking about this, you kind of, you kind of mentioned this about, you know, the, the putting laws on, you know, basically ratting out your neighbors for having more than this many guests over or something. It's like when people are in fear and it's a sensitive environment, like people start, you know, snitching on their neighbor, you know, like just acting weird, even with money, you know, when money gets involved, you see very interesting people's true colors when it comes to character. And I've seen it firsthand and that stems from fear too, you know, like that lack of money or that
1: thought yeah it, it's it's interesting man yeah yeah it's it's funny and it gets you always think about history like that you would be on the good side but it's like yeah i just i wonder like so i had to really when i heard that i'm like fuck what would i do like what would i do in that situation you know like what would i be like yeah like give, give me a swastika give me a gun like i'll you know i would be on that side i'm blonde hair blue eyes like would i or would i be the one like hey i frank like i'm in the attic like you're good here you can have refuge here. Like, I'm willing to risk my life for you.
0: Again, we, we would we would want to hope that we're on the good side, but you, you just can't answer it until you're in the situation. Yeah. You can't say hypothetically, you know, that's like saying like, you know if Tupac's dead like what would Tupac do in this situation it's like you'll never know right. you can make assumptions but it's like yeah. he'll never be in that situation you know yeah it's,
1: and, it, and it's like yeah we briefly talked about it but even you know there was like that that governor in California I think he stated like hey you're, you like we'll give you a reward if you snitch on your neighbor if you start snitching on people and so how many people got really, ex- even though they don't know anybody yet, but they their minds started being like, oh, I get money to rat on people, even if like someone's really depressed and they need to see their family. But if I see that you're exceeding the numbers, I'm going to call the cops on you. And those types of character moves is stuff that we're all going to have to live with when this is all done. Like, were you the one that right away picked up the phone with snitching on everybody? Even if you like, you know, it's like. It's like a speeding ticket. If you're like doing on a one, like the speeding limit, speed limit is one ten, and you're doing like one fifteen. It's like it's not that bad. If the limit's ten, you have eleven over. Some people are gonna call it still. Big like, fuck that. You're breaking the. You're breaking rules. Yeah. You're Nazi. <laughs> it's
0: an it's an ugly side to humanity, man. It is, man. I remember reading in the Laws of Human Nature by Robert Greene. He he talks about how we are so. We would like to think we're we're rational, you know, but our decisions are still mostly based off of these like you know surface level like emotions like we're very emotional creatures and that's like that's like emotion you know when people would snitch on their neighbor like that it's like how come you can do it and i can't And this is the law and you start to just like get in this whirlwind of emotional decision making
1: yeah it's It's wild wild. but it it, it really makes you want to like like really put the mirror on yourself and be like how is my character like when i get tested like this like I want to be able to pull back and be like, okay, remember that thing Jordan Peterson said? Like, this is literally my chance to prove to myself that I have better character than I thought. You know, it's like, again, going back full circle almost, like with the life is choices. It's like, you know, in the future now, we might have these big moments of choice you know, choose this way or this way. And sometimes I might relate it to like what Jordan Peterson said with the Nazis, like on a big level, that, that's a true test of character, but you can make those little good character choices on a smaller level in your day-to-day life, you know?
0: Well, some would say that's the ultimate level because that's pretty much, are you willing to die for your character? And, and that's a thing that probably most people aren't willing to do, but, but imagine if you are that type of person, that's like, I'm willing to die for what i believe in yeah well, that's something cool
1: it is and that's why i get emotional when i watch those movies yeah. like we talked about that it's like you you see that character trait like iron man he fucking yeah. there's one movie where he like flew this bomb out into space and just blew himself up for yeah. the for the greater good he was like yeah. i'm the only guy that can do this and it's like this sad emotional thing but it's like there's like a test of character he could have just been like fuck you guys and set the bomb off and flew himself out and survived but you know it's man it's
0: like it's like there's there's this big spectrum evil at the bottom good at the top it's not black and white we're we're not good and we're not evil we all have we're we're capable of 100 percent. all and from these choices and decisions and you know our integrity our character we can like choose where we want to be on that good and evil spectrum you know, and it's, it, it comes down to choice, but it's like we all have the capacity to do evil and we all have the capacity to do good. I really that, believe that.
1: That's a good point. Yeah, Peterson talked about that as well. And and actually the book I'm reading called Buddha, The it's a really cool book. I've been crushing it. I've been reading like a psycho. Fastest <laughs> book I've ever read, I think. Not f- actually fast, but just spending most time trying to get uh, through it because it's so entertaining. Yeah. But it's it's a it's mixed with fiction and nonfiction, so it is the story of the Buddha. But there's like spirits and demons and like uh, you know people trying to enter his mind to make it toxic because they, so. When he's young, they, they know the demon knows what his potential is on the good side of things. Yeah. So he's trying to take him down the other path. They know that there's two paths that he can go down. Either he will be a king and a ruler with an iron fist, or he will be Buddha and he will change the world and it will, his legacy will live on forever. Mm-hmm. And so this demon in the book, he can't do it himself. He has to find another human that has the bad side the negative of what buddha is and what could be so he finds buddha's cousin this shithead this <laughs> asshole and he enters his mind and he's like hey your cousin you're gonna destroy because he's he has the potential like you know like rule or yep. whatever so yeah it's, it's this interesting thing of just that Good the, and evil, he, the, the, Bu- the Buddha has bad in him as well earlier on in the story it was showing him like getting pretty like aggressive and like you know he was a good swordsman mm. and doing like these things where you're like oh he's, he, he could go this way and so it's this battle of good and evil and he keeps trying to fight and go to the good side wow. but yeah it's, it's really really interesting that we both we all have that we all have severe violence and aggression and, and evil and, and the exact opposite
0: human nature eh? yeah that's wild cool let's end it on this I want to just pull up the definition of serendipity oh yeah just to come full circle from episode one or was it episode <laughs> one that we first brought that up I, I think so yeah, yeah. Now, now the problem is trying to spell it um, uh-huh. serendipity okay there it is um hmm. let's see what the, yeah that movie that movie comes up on here too which is kind of funny <laughs> um the faculty or phenomenon of finding valuable or agreeable things not sought for. Can you say that again? The faculty or phenomenon
1: of finding valuable or agreeable things not sought for. Okay, so, so you stumble upon something that is of value to you, or that you you care about. Exactly. So, like it kind of,
0: so it kind of is that thing. Like you're not looking for the idea when you stop looking for the idea and let go. Uh,
1: it come. It stumbles upon you. Uh, kind so, of like thing. the muse thing we were talking about. Um, Is that when we brought that up? Um, like I'm, not looking for the muse? I, I, I don't know. I'm getting confused okay. now. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't take much for us to get confused. Eh? But yeah,
0: basically, um, yeah, a phenomenon of finding valuable or something when you're not looking for it. Hmm. So, okay. Man. We, we loosely know it. We'll probably, on the next episode, we'll try to bring it up again. We'll be like, okay, what does it exactly mean? You
1: know what pisses me off? What pisses you off? Two things. One, <laughs> I, I intended to have this word that I wanted to use in this episode. I was going to make it a goal for myself to learn one word a week and then use it in the uh. podcast. And I didn't do that. So, fuck. <laughs> Second, when I went to Google the word that I wanted to learn... It was, it was malevolence. I hear it all the time and I, I remember even r- learning what it meant a while, like a few years ago, totally forgot. And then I read it in the book again. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean again? I Google what malevolence means and it said malevolence, definition, the behavior of a malevolent person. <laughs> I was like, hey, hey man. that's not the fucking, that's not helping, <laughs> you know? But yeah, sometimes you'll do that. You'll type the word in and then it just says like the word in the definition. It's like What is resistance? To resist something. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, Fucking man.
0: do better. Dude, it's funny. I believe I highlighted malevolence in a book that I've lent out now, so I haven't been able to refer back to it. Mm. But there was like benevolent right? Uh, mal- malevolence. Like there was all, like inexorable. There was all these like things. I was like, okay, I'm going to start using these. And, yeah. And then I lent that book out, and the person's probably not reading it. And I'm like, hey,
1: give me my book back. Yeah. I need to sound smarter. Well, at least I had <laughs> trickled it in at the very end. But I think malevolent means like, to do evil intentionally, Yes. and then b- benevolent is like the opposite. A benevolent
0: that. leader is like somebody with good, like, yeah, uh, intent and all yeah. that stuff.
1: Fuck yeah, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there. there you go, you did it. Okay, thanks. Episode for twenty, yeah, episode twenty, crazy. Thanks for listening.